episode eight. Should my vagina look like this? Hey everyone and welcome to my podcast, Me, Myself and My Vagina. My name is Catherine and I want to break the taboo about talking vaginas and share my experience of being a woman and motherhood, including the good, the bad, the ugly and everything in between. Please remember that the conversations in this podcast have been created as a platform to educate, inform and share information relating to women's health and well-being, including topics that I feel are often ignored or women are too embarrassed to talk about. The podcast should not be used as a substitute to seeking professional health or medical advice. Now make yourself comfy and enjoy the show. So this episode is going to be split into two, three sections. So um, the first one is going to be uh, me um, talking about my prolapse journey. And then the second two are with a prolapse health physio called Katie, who I met through Instagram. And we're going to be talking about the uh, physical side of um recognizing prolapses talking about the causes and also the treatment side of things as well as the uh, effect that can having a prolapse can also have on your mental health so I'm quite excited as Katie is going to be my first um, podcast guest so um, watch this space for the next couple of downloads so a little bit about my journey um, I was diagnosed with a prolapse about two years after having my daughter um, it's something that I noticed that I had. Um, I had a bulge. Um, it wasn't uncomfortable. Um, you know, I didn't um, bleed. I didn't kind of have any an incontinence. It just looked weird. Um, I suppose looking back, I did have a bit of a heaviness um, around like the pelvic area, but I didn't really think too much of it really. And I think when you've got a newborn, your kind of focus is obviously on getting getting into a routine with your newborn, getting to know your baby, um, and kind of you kind of forget about yourself a little bit. Um, so it wasn't until I had my first smear test um, when I went to the doctor, uh, sorry, the nurse, and um, she basically posed the question: "Was um, do you have any gynae problems?" And I kind of said, "No, but I do kind of have this bulge." Um, and obviously she couldn't kind of help with that, which was absolutely fine, but she did recommend that I, um, contacted the GP and booked in for an appointment with the female GP, which I did. And then, um, a couple of days later, that was when I was diagnosed that, um, I had a prolapse. So when you hear those words, you don't really, you understand about prolapse or I think, you know, we don't have a lot of information about them, but straight away I thought, shit that is it my like my vagina is going to be falling out here and I've got no idea what I'm meant to be doing um I felt quite um taken aback probably a little bit shocked by it as well because it was certainly something that was never spoken to me about as in over um your kind of pre um sorry your post uh, appointments with the, the midwife um I was just kind of told that everything, everything looked fine down there. So I just assumed that everything was, you know, I, I think this is definitely an area where we need more education, you know, not to frighten us, but to have us, to allow us to have an understanding of what to expect maybe after having, having a baby. Hence why I started this podcast, because I just feel it's something that is definitely an area that we need to talk about. Um, I felt quite alone if I'm honest, because I don't really know if any of my friends had a pod, um, podcast, bloody hell, uh, if any of my friends had a uh, prolapse. Um, it's certainly something we didn't share. Um, 
I have been pretty open about it um, with my friends and to be fair who anybody really wants to talk about it about it as well because I think that's just as important as well just to kind of know that someone else has gone through the process because when you go through the treatment it is actually quite quite lonely um, and there are some little there are some real low points if I'm honest um, particularly you know being told that you can't run anymore um, and for me that was a massive deal because that was my escapism my escapism from being a mum for an hour uh, an hour um, every couple of days you know just be able to get out of the house on my own and just kind of find you know ways to improve my fitness um and that was taken away from me and that that was hard that was really hard if I'm honest um and then I just had no clue about what 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 I should be doing to to have a new new escapism you know fitness has always been an important part of my life um and it was just something all of a sudden just taken away and that you know that is pretty that had a major effect on me if I'm honest um and you know physio that I had was quite um I found personally quite intrusive um you know to be told that the physio could still feel your uh scars from uh the uh forceps was a little bit oh okay that's kind of takes you back back a bit and also the fact that she can um one of my stitches from my episiotomy was still um capsulated um so was still there and it was a bit like oh okay like if I got to do something about it and she was like no no don't worry I'll sort it out it's all it's just it's such a I found it such a weird weird experience obviously it was necessary and and the things that um you know the internal in examination was needed um but maybe it was about how the physio kind of went about it you know I didn't have a great experience I had two physios um first one was very um had no empathy towards the situation had no empathy towards me you know I was quite an emotional wreck every time I went in there I suppose um you know I tried to bat it off with my humor but you know that was just like a coping mechanism um and that really kind of affected me and then on the flip side my second physio she couldn't have been any nicer you know she related to what I was saying she offered me empathy a shoulder to cry on she was really supportive and you know she kind of got me through it those 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 moments and you know she actually got me back to running which is something that I thought that I'd never be able kind of potentially to do again um I would probably say the whole being diagnosed with the prolapse of treatment probably affected me more mentally than it did physically you know I was lucky that I didn't have incontinence and I knew some women have you know there are very people experience very different signs and symptoms of a prolapse um you know and also therefore the treatment is very different um so physically I was quite lucky but mentally I did feel that it it did affect me and this is where kind of I'm being honest and open about it and the fact that I did actually have counselling and I think what's hard with that is that the reasons why you are having counselling because it is quite a specialised area because you know it, it it did affect me from a um my interest in my sex my sex drive kind of went um and I wanted I didn't know kind of where to go really and this is kind of where the loneliness felt I think because 
when you don't really know who to talk to about it, you do kind of get trapped in your own thoughts. So when you're then put into the system, I suppose, um, you know, the, the advice is amazing, but it's just when you're waiting to get into the system or trying to find out how you are going to get into the system of the treatment side of it. So it is, it is quite a, a horrible time, really. Um, and for people, I just want to know, to let you know that there is a, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, when you're in the middle of your treatment or when you're in the middle of, you know, the whole process, it, it is lonely and you don't think there is a way out, but there is. And I'm living proof of that. You know, I, I still have my prolapse. I self-manage it with uh, pelvic floor exercises, um, but it doesn't affect me in the way that it did um, kind of a couple of years ago. And though during that time, it does feel quite, yeah, I suppose I don't. I know I keep repeating it, but it is quite lonely, and just because I don't think we talk about it enough, I think people are embarrassed by it, you know. And when I certainly first heard those words, prolapses, I straight away think of um, old people that only old people get prolapses, but it just can affect everybody. And I think people are slowly becoming more open about it, and there's certainly more information. Um, out there, um, whether it's on um, Instagram, whether it is on um, uh, in the internet, but I think you just need to be conscious about where you're getting your information from. I would certainly make sure that it's accredited um, people that you are using, or um, you know, guidance from the NHS. Um, but really, my advice would be: if you ever think if something doesn't feel right down there, don't ever be afraid to seek help. Um, you know, go for your uh, booking in with that GP appointment. You know, there is treatment out there. The treatment can vary. Um, and this is why I am um, speaking to um, Katie in the next two sessions, because I think it's really important that we have an understanding about um, about the treatment, uh, you know, what is available to us um, and then potentially like how it works. Because there is, you know, some people like myself, we are go through just physio. Some people might actually have to go through having surgery, but obviously that is a last resort. So again, it's just kind of knowing what your options, uh, op- what your options are. And there is a whole um, department, you know, a gynae department that deals with them um, prolapses you know, and the different types of prolapses that women can get as a result of pregnancy, um, as a result of kind of long labours, as a result of, you know, forceps. Um, you know, sometimes you can't pinpoint why you get a prolapse. It could be a mixture of things. So for me, looking back, it probably was because of my long labour. So I was in labour for 24 hours. I had a forceps delivery and I also had a episiotomy as well. But also I think I went back to exercise probably a little bit sooner than I should have done um and again I would really advocate for someone who is going or wanting to get back to training and exercise after having a baby that they should go through like a a mummy MOT um whether that's privately or through the NHS but it's certainly um just making sure that you your pelvis um and the pelvic floor muscles are strong enough um to be able to kind of start the exercise program that you want to do and I think sometimes we forget or I certainly did you know 
I was lucky enough to be able to be training up until I was 38 weeks pregnant. Um, you know, you have a baby and your your body takes a long time, potentially up to a year to recover from having a baby. Um, and I kind of forgot that. I know it sounds weird, but I just assumed that I'd be able just to get on back on track and, you know, good to go. But obviously there were some complications um, with the, uh, you know, the, the birth as well as kind of the... Um, the the after the after um you know how your body responds afterwards and I think that's definitely where we need more information so I just hope this this um podcast really helps reflect that you know I'm being honest with what I'm saying um I'm not trying to pit people off from having a baby absolutely not you know I wouldn't change it for the world but I just think we just need to have a an understanding about what happens afterwards I hope that you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. Feel free to follow me on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. Remember, if you are ever, if you ever feel that something's not quite right with your body or mind, never feel embarrassed or scared to ask for help. Help and support is out there. It's just about taking that first step. And please know that you're not alone. Thank you for listening. Take care and see you next time.